You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Mean Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge. Because as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. Welcome back, friends. So how's your week going? You know, we're halfway through January now. Can you believe it? If you haven't figured out your goals for this year yet, what's stopping you? Are you planning on having another baby? Are you going to lose weight before you start to try again? Are you going to set a quit date for that smoking so that you can be a healthier version of yourself? What are you waiting on? Okay, so this year is going to slip right on by you. So go ahead, set some goals, friends, for you and your family. Okay, so planning is essential, y'all. Okay, so y'all know we're in the middle of the series about development of your baby and changes your body experiences at different gestational ages. So for this episode, we're going to focus on the 20th week of pregnancy, but please go back and listen to the episodes on the first eight weeks and 12 weeks so you can be caught up. Now, 20 weeks is a huge milestone in pregnancy. Since your due date marks the 40th week, you are officially halfway through the pregnancy. Oh, I know it feels so good. If you're 20 weeks today, congratulations. You've accomplished a lot. You've done it. You've done it. Okay. For your body, that means you're starting to get over that nausea, vomiting hump, and you're getting more of an appetite. Thank you, Jesus. Now, occasional nausea and vomiting is still considered normal. However, if you are vomiting every time you eat and you're losing weight, then you probably have hyperemesis gravidarum. Now, I have an episode on hyperemesis last season, so go back and listen to it. But it's basically nausea and vomiting that leads to at least 5% reduction in your pre-pregnancy weight. And it can also cause you to have electrolyte imbalances. Um, a lot of people have, you know, dizziness, you can become short of breath, very lethargic. So it's really important to get this checked out and managed appropriately. So vomiting occasionally, yeah, you should still be experienced at 20 weeks, but vomiting every time, go get that checked out. You're now starting to show. You have a little baby bump now. Oh, yay. At 20 weeks, the top of your uterus is at your belly button. So the uterus and the baby sit below that level. You know, when people come in the office and for the anatomy saying they're like, oh, my belly hurts up here. The baby not up there. The baby is below your belly button. The belly button marks the 20th week. And every week after 20 weeks, you can count as one finger width. For 21 weeks, if you put one finger above your belly button, that's the top of your uterus. 22 weeks, two fingers above your belly button. That's how we measure your fundal height, okay, from your pubic symphysis to that top of the uterus will be your fundal height. Now, you might also be a little tender. Sometimes you can have discomfort of pregnancy 
with the ligaments that usually anchor the uterus in the pelvis, they're starting to stretch, okay? You may sometimes hear this as round ligament pain. You'll have pain on one side of your belly, then all of a sudden it's on the other side of your belly. Then you got back pain. Then you have lower belly pain, okay? All this is normal. Pregnancy is not a painless situation. Stretching exercises can help with this. And you can also wear a pregnancy belt to help support and lift the growing uterus out of the pelvis to take some pressure off of the pelvis. But yeah, you're going to have a little bit of uh, a tenderness. That's very, very common at, at the 20th week. Now, some people try to avoid taking Tylenol or Benadryl. Of course, we say take as little medication as you can in pregnancy. But if you need to take some Tylenol, that's okay. You can take Tylenol occasionally and you can take Benadryl to help uh, help you sleep. Okay, if you have discomforts that keep you up at night, that can be helpful. You cannot take ibuprofen or Motrin in pregnancy. We want you to avoid those um, because they can cause you to have low fluid and they can also, in the third trimester, close one of the shunts in the heart of the baby. So we want you to avoid ibuprofen or Motrin, but you can occasionally take Tylenol as needed. Now to add to this, you might experience a little bit of heartburn. Y'all, when I was pregnant, that was like one of the worst symptoms. My heartburn is what led to most of my nausea and vomiting because I was vomiting up gastric acid. Okay, so make sure you keep Tums handy. Try to eat a bland diet. Avoid spicy foods if you can, especially around this gestational age because you will start to have heartburn if you haven't um, started experiencing it. Now, some people are lucky. And they don't experience none of this, okay? But if you do, there's nothing wrong with you. It's very common. And remember, pregnancy is a very temporary time in your life. Very, very temporary. But even the temporariness, we don't want you to suffer. So do tell your OBGYN, hey, you know, these Tums aren't getting it. I'm starting to have, you know, a lot of, you know, belching or burning sensation after I eat. And so they can give you medicines to try to control that. Now, on a positive note, your hair looks flawless and your nails are growing, okay? They're both long and healthy, right? We have healthy, healthy, strong nails. Some people even take prenatal vitamins when they're not pregnant, when they're not even trying to get pregnant because we know that those vitamins, that regimen does help with the hair, hair and nail growth, okay? The pregnancy itself is going to stimulate the growth, those growth phases, okay? So you'll notice, oh, my nails are much stronger. My hair looks the best that it's ever looked. I'm glowing. I'm so flawless. Okay, that happens around the 20th week. Now, as for sleep, you should still be sleeping more than you did before pregnancy. Okay, so 10 to 12 hours in pregnancy, very normal. Remember, you're growing a tiny human and it's going to be hard work through the whole pregnancy. So you will sleep still even at 20 weeks, but you should have a little bit more energy. Okay, you'll be able to go outside more shop more. You're going to feel more like your normal self. So, so yeah, you feel a little spunk, getting a little spunk back. Okay. So this is good. We call it the mid trimester boost. There's also, there's also a time you start feeling your baby move. Some people feel movement as early as 14 to 16 weeks, but this is pretty rare. But by this gestational age, the majority of people are feeling some subtle movements that feel like little bursts of bubbles or bubbles popping in your belly. That's completely normal. For your baby, your little one is 10 ounces, okay, or around six and a half inches long. So, oh, yay, this is fantastic. So usually when I'm doing anatomy scans, the average weight, 10 ounces, 10 to 14 ounces is pretty typical during your anatomy scan. And yep, your baby actually looks like a real baby, y'all. 
at this gestational age or a little bit earlier, you'll be getting an ultrasound to evaluate all that looks normal on your baby and define any abnormalities. So your anatomy scan, if you're low risk, meaning you don't have any medical problems, you're not obese, and you're under age 35, will be done in your OBGYN's office. For everyone else, you'll be seeing someone like me, a high-risk OBGYN, also known as a maternal fetal medicine physician, who will take a detailed look at your baby. I know, I know, no one wants to be labeled high risk, okay? No one. However, if you have risk factors for your baby having a defect, wouldn't you rather know up front? Wouldn't you want us to find that before you deliver? And for a lot of people, if you're only high risk because of your age or your weight, you'll likely only need to see us once during the pregnancy to make sure everything goes as planned and to make sure that we're double checking everything that's already happened in the pregnancy. So don't don't miss this visit, okay? You need to see the high-risk specialist. It's better to have more than one set of eyes on you to make sure that we're not missing anything that could put you into danger. You are your baby in danger later in the third trimester. Now, all your baby's organs are there. They're just maturing. So the lungs and the brain are the main things that are still growing and maturing. So it's still important to avoid unnecessary medications and environments that could impact your little one, like environments with a high smoke, you know, high smoking uh, area. You want to avoid that kind of stuff if you can. All right. So now that you know a little bit more about being 20 weeks pregnant, let's go to some cases. Our first case is a 38 year old who is 20 weeks pregnant with her second child. She has been experiencing severe heartburn. She has tried Tums and her OBGYN recently started her on Prilosec, but this has not provided any relief. She has a history of type 2 diabetes, but her finger sticks are usually low because she can't keep anything down. Her OBGYN referred her for further evaluation and management. One, congratulations on making it to the 20th week. Two, you know, there's a there's a couple of things that are putting you at risk for having nausea and vomiting and heartburn. You know, one, the biggest thing would be the diabetes. So sounds like you're not keeping or you don't have the caloric intake you need. And that's why your finger sticks are low. Okay. The other thing is if you're having nausea and vomiting and you have diabetes, is it that you're too low? And that's the reason that you're vomiting just because you're hypoglycemic or is all, all this the heartburn? Okay. So first thing I want to do is get some labs on you to make sure that we don't have any type of electrolyte imbalance or we don't have a metabolic acidosis. Okay. Like too much acid in the bloodstream. Because sometimes if you have an imbalance there, that can cause you to have nausea and vomiting. And women that are pregnant with type 1 or type 2 diabetes have a lower threshold of having complications like DKA. Now, DKA is mostly a type 1 diabetic issue, but you can have an anion gap ketoacidosis even with type 2 diabetics, even at a lower uh, glycemic index or a lower finger six. So we want to make sure that all those electrolytes uh, are corrected. So I want to draw some labs. I'd also want to hydrate you because you are having nausea and vomiting with very little relief. So sometimes if you're dehydrated, it's like a continuous perpetual issue, right? So you're trying to hydrate yourself. You're drinking. You have too much stomach acid. You're going to vomit. Then you're dehydrated again. Then you try to drink and that's going to trigger the vomit. So I want to make sure that we get some fluids in you while we're doing this evaluation. So that might require you to either be monitored for a couple of hours while you get fluids or be admitted. 
The other thing is Tom's is a really horrible, you know, medicine for heartburn and pregnancy. It's immediate relief. It's great. But if you have anything more than just a little bit of mild uh, heartburn, then the next thing you do need to do is, you know, is your Prilosex or your Fomotidine. So I'm glad that your OBGYN has tried you on that. If you've done that for a number of days and you still don't have any relief at all, the next thing we would do if that didn't work, we would put you on protonics, okay? We can go up to protonics. Usually I put people on 40 milligrams. When I was pregnant, I was on 40 milligrams twice a day, okay? I was on 80 milligrams a day. And that is a little off label, but that is what your GI doctors are going to put you on, okay? If you have really bad nausea, vomiting, and then your over-the-counter Prilosec is not working. You need to just be on a higher dose of a proton pump inhibitor. That's that's really important to get your hydrogen pump under control so that you do not continue to have nausea and vomiting. But if we've done all that, so you're on a PPI, we've made sure that you don't have anything else that's going on, like a gastric ulcer or anything like that, which you could have if you have a lot of nausea and vomiting. Once we rule those things out, if you're refractory, then we need to send you to a GI doctor or a gastroenterologist, okay? A lot of diabetics may have denervation or they may have issues with gastric emptying, okay? You may require a gastric pacemaker even if you have issues with the timing of your stomach emptying or if you are you have heartburn and nausea and vomiting refractory to high-dose uh, protein pump inhibitors, and you don't have a gastric ulcer. So I would want to rule those thing out, things out first before we just attribute it to, oh, this is just a little nausea and vomiting. No, if you can't keep anything down with the PPI, then the next thing would be a GI referral. So the case pearl for this case is PPIs or proton pump inhibitors are recommended for any patient with refractory Heartburn. However, if it doesn't work, an evaluation of gastric emptying would be recommended. All right, medical and what's our second case? Our second case is a 23-year-old who is 20 weeks and one day pregnant with her first child. She has no medical problems with the exception of being overweight. She has been having upper abdominal and back pain. Her OBGYN told her this is normal discomfort for pregnancy. However, now she has colicky pains that shoot through her back. She started experiencing nausea and vomiting as well. She was referred for further evaluation. Discomforts of pregnancy. Let me go a little bit into detail because for an OBGYN, that's sort of like a catch-all for like, hey, y'all, this is completely normal. It's just discomforts, right? But what we really mean is it's a growth in the stretching of your uterus that's going to make you uncomfortable. And it's standard to have that growth and stretching somewhere around 18 to 20 weeks. And usually by 28 weeks, that discomfort, either you got used to it or it's gone away. And when we say discomforts, we mean those ligaments that are anchoring the uterus down to the pelvis, they are stretching. You have ligaments, the round ligaments anchored to the side. You have ligaments that anchor from the back of the uterus down to the sacrum. You have those ligaments on the side and the front. Okay. So it's sort of like you have these little nets that are anchoring and tacking your uterus down, but your uterus is growing, right? And so those ligaments have to stretch and the muscle of the uterus is also stretching. The uterus is just a big muscle that holds the baby. So as the growth of that uterus happens, that muscle is stretching. Those ligaments are also stretching and that's a painful thing, okay? It's like stretching a muscle, 
you know, when you're exercising, you've worked that muscle out, it's going to be tender. It's going to be painful. So some people can press on their uterus and it's a little tender. It should never be so painful that somebody presses on your belly and you're hopping off the table. Okay. That to me shows there may be a sign of an infection inside of your uterus. If you're like hopping off the table or if you have a fever associated with pain in your belly, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about dull, stretchy, you know, you know, pulling sensation, you know, oh, this feels like I pulled a muscle on this side. Oh, now it hurts on that side. That is what's considered discomfort of pregnancy. Okay. But that's around your uterus. And remember at 20 weeks, I said your uterus is at the belly button. So we're experiencing upper abdominal pain. We got to figure out what that is. So what's at the top of your, what's called abdomen, your stomach. So if you feel your, you know, rib cage, that little divot that you have in the middle, Underneath your breastbone, that is what we call the epigastric region. Your stomach lives there. Your gallbladder lives right adjacent to there. To me, it's one of two things. Either you're hurting because you're having a lot of nausea and vomiting, and we may have some acid reflux, and that's what causing you to have that epigastric pain or that pain at the top of your belly under the breastbone, or you could have something going on with your gallbladder. Now, the fact that you're experiencing these colicky pains, meaning sort of crampy pain that comes and goes, it's not constant, okay? And it's shooting to the back. That is very classic of gallstones. Now, you have a risk, an increased risk of gallstones, okay? So, you know, there are risk factors. I'm going to say these risk factors, but I'm not going to get, don't get offended. But it's just what it is, okay? We used to say fat, 40, and fertile. People that are near 40 have an increased risk of gallstones. People that are overweight or obese, I'm with you, y'all, increased risk of gallstones. And people that are pregnant or fertile have an increased risk of gallstones, okay? Most people that are pregnant are also have gained some weight during the pregnancy, okay? So that's why you have that double whammy of putting you at risk for gallstones. So anytime we hear somebody that has that upper abdominal, you know, colicky, intermittent pain, if you're having normal bowel movements and you're having that pain and a whole bunch of nausea and vomiting, we got to rule out gallstones. So first thing I would do is do an ultrasound of your gallbladder. Okay. And usually we can see these calcifications of gallstones. Now, sometimes we can't see stones. We can see sludge there. I mean, some been there, but we don't see it now. And sometimes that can mean a stone has moved, okay, down the common bile duct or, or somewhere else that can cause you to be at increased risk for things like gallstone pancreatitis. So if you're having a lot of nausea and vomiting and epigastric pain, we got to rule out gallstones and we also got to check your pancreas to make sure we don't have the gallstones causing the pancreatitis. Okay. Which these things are more common during pregnancy than outside of pregnancy. But they're also treatable, okay? So we want to make sure that your discomforts are just that. Their discomforts and your nausea and vomiting is just that. But the shooting pains to your back, classic gallstones. So the case pearl for this case is being pregnant by itself puts you at increased risk for gallstones. This has to be ruled out before we say any symptoms are normal with this type of symptom. All right, medical intern, do you have any emailed cases? Yes, this one says, Dr. Plenty, I'm 20 weeks and five days and haven't felt my baby move yet. I went to my anatomy ultrasound and everything was normal. 
He was moving all over the place on the screen, but I felt nothing. Is this still considered normal? The short answer is yes. It's considered very much so normal. Some people don't feel their baby move until about 22 to 24 weeks. On average, you feel your baby move about 20 weeks, but 22 to 24 weeks is still completely normal. And sometimes it's that if this is your first baby, you may not know what movement feels like, right? Like I do this for a living, but I promise I felt like I didn't feel Harrison move until I was about 24 weeks. And honestly, I wasn't checking for him to move. I was like, listen, he's going to be there, right? Until somebody tell me he's not there. So I was just going to keep on moving and do what I needed to do to go on about the pregnancy. And honestly, I was so miserable in my pregnancy that I was just focused on not vomiting <laughs> and and breathing, okay? Because I had the, the blood clots in my lung that I wasn't as concerned about movement before the 24th week. But, you know, it's very common for people during the anatomy scan, I'm like, do you feel all that movement? And they're like, no, that's that's common, y'all, to not feel movement. And sometimes it's those little, you're like, I feel gassy. Well, that's the baby, y'all. That gassy, like you feel like bowels moving inside. That's the baby, okay? Bubbles popping, the baby. So you're not going to feel an actual like boom, kick until like 26, 28 weeks. Then you'd be like, oh my God, that's a foot, right? But before that, you're feeling little flutters, okay? That's normal. So sometimes people don't know they're having movement because they don't know what movement feels like. It's not going to be a whole bunch of pressure. You're going to feel sort of like tickling in the inside. That's the baby, y'all. That's the baby. The other thing that keeps people from not feeling the baby around 20 weeks is if your placenta is on the front side of the uterus, so you have an anterior placenta, then that's just serving like a little pillow between the baby and your uterine wall. Okay. So it's like a pillow there. So people that have anterior placenta sometimes don't feel their babies move until around 24 weeks or so. And they don't feel as much movement this early in the pregnancy, but rest assured, listen, the third trimester is coming. Okay. You'll be up all night, whether you have an anterior placenta, a posterior placenta, a lateral placenta, it don't matter. There's nothing going to stop you from feeling this baby move in the third trimester. So rest assured, if you had an anatomy scan, your anatomy scan was completely normal. You didn't feel your baby move when they saw the baby move on screen. It's okay. It's still normal. I always proceed with, if somebody hasn't told you something's abnormal with your baby, assume that it's normal. Okay. So let's not worry at this early gestational age. Now, the time you should feel your baby move 10 times in two hours is around 32 weeks. So by the 30, 32 week mark, you should feel your baby move 10 times in two hours. There is an episode last season on kick counts. Go back and listen to it. But right now, 20 weeks and five days, any movement is considered normal, but it's still very normal to not feel any movement at all this early in gestation. All right, medical intern, do we have any other email cases? And she's shaking her head. No. So thank you guys so much for listening to Pregnancy Pearls podcast. I hope that you've learned a little bit more about being 20 weeks pregnant. And if you are at that milestone, congratulations, you're almost halfway. Well, you're over halfway over. If you like what you've learned, please support by rating and commenting on the show on whatever platform you listen to. And don't forget to share me with your friends. 
If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. And you can catch up on the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash pregnancy pearls with Dr. Plenty for quick talks about pregnancy complications. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.